Does that work, J.D.? Good morning. Good morning. As you can see, uh, I'm not Brian. But he's finally getting to take some much-needed rest and a vacation, and we're thankful for that. We praise God for him and what he does. Uh, pastors are gifts. The Bible tells us that they're gifts, and so we're very appreciative of, uh, of the gift that we have. Um, I want to welcome uh, some guests. I, got, I brought a cheering section this morning. Um, uh, David Cooper and his wife Lauren. David is the grandson of Nathan Fox, and Nathan comes to church with us here from time to time, and He's used in illustrations by Brian from time to time, so we're happy to have uh, him with us and Lauren with us. And I got my mom with me too, so I'm, I'm excited that she's here as well. Um, every uh, service on Sunday, we begin normally, Brian begins by praying for another uh, portion of the body of Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray with me for Pastor Bob Groover and his wife, Shar. Uh, and Albemarle First Assembly. Um, Pastor Bob's wife, Shar, is having some health problems right now, and um, it's sort of a struggle for them, but um, we want to support them and reach out to them. So if you will, let's, let, let's, uh, let's join our faith together and pray uh, for them this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all the gifts that you give us, Lord, especially this morning for the gift of health. And we just ask, Lord, that you impart that gift to uh, Pastor Bob's wife, Shar. Be with them in a real and mighty way, Lord, as she is struggling with issues that, that you know the answer to. Lord, we don't know in our human body sometimes what to do, but we know that you, through your Holy Spirit, can tell us and we can act on that and everything will be well. You tell us that you come that we might have life and life in abundance. So God, we just command that life be in the, uh, the lives of Pastor Bob and Shar today and in Shar's body. Lord, and we just lift up First Assembly of Albemarle ask you to bless them in a mighty way today. And we love you and we thank you for it in Christ's name. Um, I've got some neat stuff that I've been trying to learn about and study about. And, and really, I think this morning is going to be more of a Bible study than, than a sermon. So if you'll indulge me to, to let me do that. Um, and maybe you guys can, can help me learn as we go. Um, so I, I want to stop and pray again. And, uh, and just ask God to give me utterance so that what I have to say can maybe touch you and we'll learn together. Um, so God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the illumination of that word. God, I just ask that you be with me this morning right now. Lord, give me utterance so that I can speak your words. Let your Holy Spirit uh, speak to me in such a way that I can share your word in a way that it will illuminate a path for folks that are here this morning and that are joining us on live, live stream. God, I just... Uh, I don't want to speak my words. I want to speak your words. And these folks don't want to hear my words. They want to hear your words. So God, we just ask right now that you impart those to me. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, if you will, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. I know J.D.'s going to put it up on the screen for us. But that's, uh, that's the text that I want to start with this morning. Jesus speaking here, he says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, that last section but seek first, verse 33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We've heard that so many times. Uh, I remember at, at, at Bible school in the summers growing up, we had a little song. I'm not going to sing it, don't worry, don't freak out. 
Um, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We've almost said it and heard it so many times that we gloss over it. Or when we do read it, when we stop and take a look at it, we think, okay, don't worry about what to eat, what to drink. We almost find ourselves reading it, blah, 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 and we'll get some stuff. I mean, right? All these things will be added. That's the part we focus on. We want to get the things that we need. Um, and, and when he's talking about Gentiles here, really he's talking about the world, the ungodly folks. He was speaking to a group of Jewish people. So today it would be as if he were speaking to the ungodly. They seek after all this stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the church seek after that same stuff. We worry about, hey man, how am I going to pay my light bill? How am I going to pay for groceries? School just started back, I need to get my kids shoes and I don't have the money to do it. And we focus and we worry and we put so much energy and so much focus on how that's going to happen. And what Jesus says here is really backwards. Just like Barrett said a minute ago about giving. And it's all tied together. It's all kingdom stuff. You can divide this verse into two parts. The first part would be seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Now, Jesus said, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Who's the subject of that sentence? You are, right? It's implied. You. You seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And the second half of the verse, and all these things will be added unto you. Who does that part? God does. So when we worry about these things and we worry about working and trying to get everything done, what are we doing? Whose part are we doing? We're doing God's part. We're not doing our part. Our part is the first half. Seek His kingdom and His righteousness, right? So if you look at your life and you don't see what's there, who screwed up? I don't think it's God. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb this morning and say, I don't think God screwed up. I think it's us. And, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody. Because, you know, when it comes to work, I'm like, man, if I don't get this done, it's not going to get done. i got to do it. Well, do I? That's not really what Jesus says. So if we spend all of our time working on God's part and not doing our part, we get into a jam, we get into a mess. You know, I think a lot of people live their lives, I know I did this, where you're doing your own thing, you're going after whatever you need to go after, you're going after what you want, what you feel like you need, and you hit a point where you're like, man, this just isn't working. And a lot of people at that point, you know, kind of perk up and say, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church and, and see what God can do for me because, you know, I've kind of messed this up. So they kind of humble themselves a little bit and they show up at church. Now, again, I say, I've done this. And, and you show up at church and you try to get things figured out because why? Well, you want the stuff that you want, right? And it's not working out. So you show up and you're like, okay, God, I'm here. This isn't working out so well. Can you help me with my kingdom? Right? Isn't that really what we're doing? I mean, I'm not trying to step on toes, but like I said, I've done this too. We, we worry so much about our things and our stuff. And when we come to church, we're still worried about our things and our stuff. And that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to focus on His kingdom. I think we've all been guilty of this at some point. And like I said, I know I have, repeatedly. Jesus tells us that we're not supposed to focus on building our kingdoms. 
according to His Word, we're supposed to focus on His kingdom and His righteousness. That's the part that we as believers are called to do. God is then able, once we've taken care of our section, to step in and do what His Word promises that He will do, which is provide the things that we need and some of the things that we want. When we're not doing our part, we're doing God's part, and that just creates a mess. But you see, it takes faith. You've got to know who God is. You have to trust Him to do it. Because if you don't believe He's going to do it, then you're not going to do your part. None of this stuff makes sense, right? right. Um, so you have to have faith to walk into it. You have to put that faith into action. Jeremiah 29, 11. Brian talks about that one a whole lot. Anybody remember what that says? God's got plans for us. Good plans for us to prosper, to have hope and a future. So if we believe what the Word says there, then we know that if we trust God and do what He says, good things are going to happen. But see, we like to control stuff. We like to say, no, I want this, God. And God may have... And super kids this morning, Deb was going over the lesson, and, and they, she's giving one of the kids a candy bar, and then she's got a box. All wrapped up, nice presents. Okay, here's your candy bar. Now, I'll trade you the candy bar for the box. And what's in the box is like a dirty sock. Right? Remember, let's make a deal. Now, I'll take door number three, and it's like a goat. You know, you're like, oh man, I just lost a car. But that's in a sense what the devil does to us, right? Right? He, he, he convinces us to use our own abilities and our own power to go after something that we think is going to be good. Well, you know, we're staking our claim on, I want this thing here, when God's got something ten times greater over here, and we're so focused on that, and we're not paying attention to the Word and Him, we're just so inwardly focused on me, 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 that we miss it. Jesus is saying, you got it backwards. Switch. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. What you need will take care of itself. And He talks about you know, the birds of the field. They, they don't worry about it. They're taken care of. Now that's not to say don't work. Work is good and we're called to work. Um, we're called to be ministers to people in our own vocations. Right? Uh, Jesus wants us where He wants us and He's placed us where He wants us. That's not saying, you know, just go home and sit. Wait for a truck to show up with some stuff that you need. Don't go that far. You're getting in the wrong ditch on that one too. But we have to trust Him and know that He does have good plans for us and that it's going to be okay. Alright, so we take Him at His word. We want to do this thing, right? We want to seek the kingdom and His righteousness. Okay, good. I got you convinced that's something that we should do, right? Yep, yep. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, I'm reading this. Okay, okay, cool. How do I do that? What, 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 where do we start? Um, I go to church, right? Is that seeking the kingdom? Well, that's yeah, a part of it, but no. And if you show up on Sundays and you're here for an hour, hour and a half, and you raise your hands and you sing and you praise and you listen to what the preacher says and you go home and you do exactly what you were doing before you went, that's not seeking the kingdom. Listen, I'm stepping on my own toes here. I'm not trying to like get a hold of you guys. This is what I do. But it's got to stop. So a kingdom, what is that? Well, it, it's a king's domain. It's a combination of two words. King's domain. And what happens in the king's domain? The king's will is done. So if you, if you read Young's literal translation, I've been reading that translation of the Bible a lot lately. If you read Young's literal translation, verse 33 reads like this. But seek ye first the reign of God. God's reign and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So if you're seeking the reign of God, you're seeking 
where God's will is done. And an increasing place for that to happen. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What does God reign over? Everything. That's what the church has told us. That's what tradition has told us. And I thought that for a long time too. I heard it this week at a funeral. But it's, but it's not true. It's not biblical. And I'm going to show you a couple places in Scripture that, that back what, what I'm saying up. But I know I'm like knocking over holy cows right now. Sacred cows. I'm like, boom. Um, you know, uh, I probably just made somebody mad. I like what Keith Moore says. He says the truth, the Bible says the truth will set you free. It'll make you free. But sometimes it'll make you mad first. Okay, if you will, look with me at Luke 4. And those of you who are looking at the Bible, uh, there's a heading up there and it says the temptation of Jesus. Was Jesus tempted? Okay, so... He said, but he was God. So he really wasn't tempted. He knew all this stuff. You know, he's just going through the motions. No, no, it says he was tempted. So we have to believe that he truly was tempted. Jesus set aside his divinity to walk as a man and do what he had to do. Pastor Brian had a series a while back called It Took a Man. And if you want to go back and review that, there's some really good stuff in there. But Jesus was just like you and me as a man and was tempted. So let's read that section. And then I want to explain a bit about what this is saying. So, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. I bet he did. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And what does Jesus do? He pulls out Scripture, right? Out of his head and says, Nope, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. Okay, got that one. Next, he says, and he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and all its glory, for it has been handed over to me. This is the devil speaking now, right? It has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours, Jesus answered him. Uh -uh. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. But did you just catch that part where it said the devil is saying, it's mine and I can give it to who I want to? Mm. But that's reality. Now, ultimately is God in control? Yes. At this moment in time, He has, through His sovereignty, allowed some things to take place. He's allowed you to make a choice between Him and not Him. He's allowed the devil to run things here because of some mistakes that Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve made a long, long time ago. Right? But, and if we read in Revelation, we'll see that on the earth the will of God will be done and it probably is not going to be very much longer before this happens. But, right now, at this little snapshot in time, the devil is in control. Um, and was he really tempting Jesus? Yes, he was. Right? Right? We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer in a minute. And, and when we read that, you'll see that God is, is saying, well, you, you guys know it, but He's saying, your will be done. Well, why would He have to say to God, your will be done, if it was already being done completely? He wouldn't have to pray that, right? Look at um, 2 Corinthians 4. Pull that one up for us, J.D. I skipped through some of it, but 
says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Again, Paul here in his letter to the Corinthians, the second one is saying that Satan is the little g God of this world. Well, it begins to make sense why so much bad stuff is happening all around us, right? Murder, destruction, decay. But if we you know, think about what the job description is for Satan, we look at John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes but to what? Steal, Steal kill, kill, destroy. So, if it falls into that category, whose is it? Satan's. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came that we might have life and have it in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. So if we see the fruit of the Spirit, if we see peace, if we see uh, healing, if we see prosperity, abundance, joy, we know that that's the section that God's got. That's his job description. The devil wants you to think, though, that God is in control, right? You guys like movies, I know, and I quote this quote a lot from The Usual Suspects, where Kevin Spacey's character, who I can't remember what his name is, says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah. But what happens when, when we follow that path? Well, then everything that happens gets blamed on who? God, so we either get mad at him, right? Yeah. Or at least, at least we're cold toward him. How could you do this? I don't understand you. And the whole time God's saying, I didn't have a hand in it. That's right. yeah. I didn't do that. So the devil wants us to think that. That way, everything gets dumped on God and gets blamed on him. And the devil's just sitting back going, <laughs> I put a wall between them and God and just watch this play out, right? The, the devil is a created being. God created him. He invented rebellion. He was with God. And God created him a glorious creation, creature. People say, are there, you believe in extraterrestrials? I do. The devil's one. He's not from here. Right? Now, he may not be an alien like you know, ancient alien astronaut theory says on television, but, but he's not from here. So, he invented rebellion. He invented lies. The father of lies. He invented all this stuff to take our focus off of what? The kingdom. Off of God off of the reign of God, allowing God through our choice that He gave us to reign in our lives. Yep. So there's two kingdoms that operate, two primary kingdoms that operate on earth today. God's kingdom, Satan's kingdom. Okay. If you're not in God's kingdom, whose kingdom are you in? It's a default, right? So you have to think about what you're seeing in your life like we talked about a minute ago. And if you're seeing more death, destruction, decay, bad stuff, then you might not be operating where you think you are. Yeah, yeah. So you really need to examine. That's good. Yeah. So how do you make sure you're in God's kingdom? Well, you do that by first accepting Jesus as your Lord. right? And I'm sure that everybody in this room has done that. Maybe not everybody on live stream, but you know, that's kind of where we're headed. You know, we want everybody to accept Jesus because there's a lot of good things that follow. Right? That, that's one of the, 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 the linchpins of our faith, right? We've got to understand who Jesus is and accept what he did for us. But then we have to put our faith to action. Uh, in uh, James, James 1.22, it says we're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers or forgetful hearers only. We're supposed to put this stuff into action. All right, so 
I've convinced you that you need to do that, right? And that I need to do that. And y'all can watch and make sure that I do. Um, So if we look back earlier in Matthew 6, verse 9, um, Jesus was explaining to people how to pray, okay? And you guys, let's just pray it together, okay? We'll start out. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who... Oh, sorry, I'm trying to get into my Methodist trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is a model prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. First of all, he acknowledges God and who he is. What's the very next thing he says? Your kingdom come. Jesus talked about the kingdom so much in his ministry. Now you'll hear people say, "Um, I go to church because Jesus preached love and acceptance. Right? Love and acceptance. Well, no he didn't. He preached repentance and the kingdom. And usually if people say, well he talked about love and acceptance, the very next thing that they're going to want you to do is accept something ungodly that they're choosing to do. Right? No. Repentance and the kingdom. In fact, he talked about the kingdom so much, we'll talk about this in just a second, that the scribes and the Pharisees uh, started asking him questions about, when's this going to happen? This kingdom you keep talking about. What's all this stuff? So, real quick, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is an explanation of what your kingdom come means. He's like saying your kingdom come, and by that I mean your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? That, that's what the kingdom looks like. Where God's will is done. How much crime is there in heaven? Zero. Have y'all seen the latest statistics? The murder rate is zero. No killing, no stealing, no destroying. Zero. Always has been. Always will be. So if God's will is done here, and it will be, but if God's will ultimately all over the earth, But in our lives, if we give ourselves to Jesus, it can happen in our sphere of influence today. And that's what Jesus is saying. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first God's reign. Everything else will take care of itself. He's got it. He's got this. Quit worrying. Our flesh screams at it though, doesn't it? Right? We definitely have to put down the flesh and say, no, no. See, the kingdom is spiritual. But we're so carnal. We're so caught up in the tangible and what our eyes can see and what our hands can feel. Our focus is there. And Jesus said, no, no, don't focus on that stuff. Right? Really what he's saying is focus on the spiritual because that's where reality truly is. You're not this body. You guys realize that, right? This isn't you. David and I, we make our, our, our living off of Helping people get rid of those when they don't work anymore. <laughs> but that spirit lasts and remains and goes on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, my dad passed away about four months ago. And I remember going to the nursing home when they called and said he was, you know, passing actively and for me to get there. And I drove up there all in a frantic rush and my heart trying to jump out of my chest. And I walked in and he'd already passed. And he was laying there in the bed and his mouth was wide open. And I knew all this stuff that I'd read about all my life. I knew in that moment that he was gone. It made sense for the first time. 
in some sense, is a very terrible memory. But in, in, in that one aspect, it's good because I know where he is. I know that he made the right decision earlier in life. I know where he is. And I know that that body is just an earth suit. And his spirit was liberated from it. The spiritual is so important. And sometimes we just don't see it. We don't realize it. So, to recap, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is where God reigns. And if we choose to let him do this in our lives, then he reigns in our sphere of influence. God is only in charge of those people on the earth that give their lives to him. So Luke 17, 20 and 21, I want to cover that real quickly and then I'm going to wind up. Where is the kingdom? This is cool. Verse 20. Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming. Can't you just see them? Jesus is talking about the kingdom so much. They're like, when is kingdom coming? What are you talking about? Jesus said the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. You can't see it. It doesn't have geographical borders. You don't have to show your passport. But see, they were thinking that. Matthew 2020. Can you pull that up real quick? 2020. Q Downs would be proud, wouldn't he? Putting JD on the spot. See, the, 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 the disciples didn't realize what he was talking about either. They didn't understand. They thought the kingdom was going to be like a government to take over the Romans. See, the Romans were like running things and showing them what to do and pretty much ruling with an iron fist. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. Let's see if J.D. did 21 then. Sorry about that, J.D. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one on your left. See? Now that's a mama, isn't it? We love mamas. I love mine. But she was thinking, okay, we're going to set up a kingdom and I want my boys to have the number one and number two slots. Right? She didn't realize what she's asking. I mean, this is, you know, and Jesus goes on to say, well, you know, uh, you don't know what you're asking. If, if, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do that. No, I'm sorry you can't. But they didn't understand. He said to them, my cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, that's not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. See, even they thought the kingdom was going to be a government set up on the earth. Boom. And Jesus is in charge. And man, that mama, I mean, you love that love, right? She's like, I want my boys to be at the top. I want to look after them. It's a spiritual thing, right? That's, that's, that's where the, the reality of it is. If Jesus is the Lord of your life and you're walking out that relationship with Him, then you are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you. Now, real quickly, we decided to build a funeral home building a while back. We've been in a building for, what, 80 years, Mom? Something like that. It's time to build a building. So we build this building, borrow all this money, Borrowing money is not a godly thing, by the way. We all do it, but it's not a godly thing. You should only do it when you're led by him to do it. But I didn't know that, so I borrowed all this money, built this building. All of a sudden, I don't have enough money to get paid. We've got to make these payments. So, okay, well, I won't tithe. I'll stop that right off the bat because, you know, that, that, that doesn't count. Ooh. 
<laughs> Use me as an example. Don't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened? It got rougher. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, later on we figured out, hey, maybe we better start tithing because we need some help. Just like I talked about at the beginning, right? You screw it up on your own, then you go to God. God, fix my kingdom. But in giving and tithing, that aspect at least is you giving to His kingdom. And you open up the ability for Him to bless you. And, you know, I'm not able to write you a check for a million dollars today or any, anything, but what I can do is, is make ends meet a whole lot easier. And the things that I need are provided. Y'all can tell I haven't missed any meals. <laughs> Working on that too. Lost eight pounds so far. Praise God. <clears throat> so it's very easy to get off track on this and focus on our kingdom and not His. Now, I want to leave you with a question. Whose kingdom are you trying to build? If you're not seeing what the Word says you should see, then chances are you aren't doing your part. You're focusing on God's part. I got a pretty good notion that it's not God that's screwing up. But if that's you, then that's something that can change. So right now I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll dismiss. So if you will, just bow your heads. If you feel led to pray along, pray along with me. Father, I humble myself right now before you. And I decide right here, right now, at this point in time, that I am tired of what I can produce myself. I'm done with that way of living. Right now, I proclaim that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I believe that God raised Him from the dead and that He died once and for all for the forgiveness of all my sins. And from this moment forward, I dedicate my life to live for Him. I will seek first the reign of God knowing that my Father in Heaven We'll look after everything else. We'll look after everything else. Father God, I praise you for it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was probably the shortest boomerang service of all time. <laughs> thank you for letting me speak to you this morning. Um, first time visitors, uh, we have a gift for you somewhere. And uh, we'll have uh, Jeff and Tara will come up somewhere over here and pray with you if you need prayer over here in this corner, Jeff says. And uh, do you want to end or are we good to end here? Okay, we'll let you finish up then. I know that we don't normally clap for people, but can we clap for Stephen? That was awesome. We just thank you for putting in all the work for that. That was awesome. Praise God. God, we just love you so much, and we thank you.